Songe Soma on SAFM. Since 1994, held annually on the 5th of every October, World Teachers' Day commemorates the anniversary of the adoption of the 1966 International Labour Organization, ILO, recommendation in relation to the status of teachers. Today, of course, we reflect on the working conditions under which many South African teachers are expected to perform, the societal challenges that we face as a country, and how they end up in the classroom. And of course, all of that has become that much more pronounced in the times and days of coronavirus disease 2019, and of course, the role of the teacher in the advent of technology. All of those things in discussion now until the top of the hour, so certainly do participate. Everybody who is listening to this, I know for a fact, even though I might know who you are, you must have seen a teacher and had to listen to teacher because you have been at school. Mr. Gerald Williamson, clinical psychologist and educationist, founder of Shaping the Learner. Good evening. Thank you for your time, Gerald. Thank you for inviting me. Good evening, Songezo. Why is it important to, on a day as is this, the 5th of October, to pause and talk about teachers and commemorate their status? In fact, let me put, put this question differently. In South Africa, what is or what does the status of a teacher amount to? Well, you know, I think uh, Songezo somewhere deep in the psyche of every adult lies the story of both the good and the bad and the ugly about that one important or number of important adults in our life who was the other parent in our life, so to say. The one who carried yes. the most power next to the voice of our parent and our other elders. So teachers, I think by the very definition, are those people in our life clearly meant everything and nothing as well. Of course, the second part always has to do with those teachers that were never good to us. But the ones that were will always be the leading lights in our life, I think. I'm actually going to use this opportunity, even abuse it, because I'm seeing that you are a clinical psychologist and an educator, so you know exactly sort of the interface between the two. Melvin Bowling, I had him as my hostel superintendent at Southern Primary in East London between the years 1992, think of the period, 92, and what it represented politically in this country, and 1997, then Standard 5 when I left. I was in hostel for six of the seven years. To say I hate him is an understatement, more especially pronounced by the fact that he passed away in 2001 before, if you like, I had an opportunity man on man with him. I haven't been over not only his death, but the fact that he treated me the way that he did in hostel, in the absence of parents who we saw once every three weeks for leave out weekend. There are those bastards out there who carry such legacies. How does one get over that? Well, you know, I think the part that you mentioned, you know, the trauma related to uh, that important person in your life is well documented for so many people. He wasn't important. He simply was there because, well, my parents put me there. I, I attach no importance to him, though his, right. he has a significant role that he played in my life. Importance, absolutely not. I guess, you know, just listening to you, I, I, I think we all can acknowledge that uh, the trauma seemed to have been indelible. And uh, I, I think uh, from the, the point I was making 
to the two sides of the coin is precisely that. that there are those teachers that uh, did that to us, and then there are those, and I think that, that will be the majority of for people out there who have left us with a, a, a fairly good feeling, the fact that they did care, and, but not always maybe have done it the way they should have, versus the ones that were just not cut out for the role, and that they uh, actually end up traumatizing students to the extreme, leaving them with this type of uh, indelible marks on their psyche, the one that you have explained. So it's actually a bittersweet uh, experience for so many, many children out there, I think, and it often depends on who their teacher is and, and what they're going to get, you know, and, and it's all been a challenge for every parent to release their children to the other parent, you know, uh, and to be able to, uh, to to be able to think about uh, how this parent would handle your child, would they do it the way you do? I think many parents are hopeful mm-hmm. every day that teachers treat their children with dignity, and then, of course, those that uh, do not honor that contract. So w- the role of teachers really, uh, you know, is such a powerful one. I guess so. We, we know the story now. Without teachers, there won't be us. There won't be careers. Mm-hmm. Society won't function. So, yeah, Zongeza, I think uh, in a nutshell, bittersweet but largely sweet for most people in my experience. <laughs> no, there sure have been very sweet moments. Anna O'Connor, I had the pleasure of meeting my ex-Afrikaans teacher for three years in matric standard nine and standard eight, for instance. So I absolutely don't take away the positive influence that many teachers right. would have had. But you mentioned a critical word in all of this, the parent. Sometimes parents wrongly outsource their parental responsibilities to teachers, be it from grooming, to manners, to nutrition, to homework, to supplementing what the instruction that takes place in the classroom is all about, to even the physical, psychological, as well as related development of the child. In other words, sometimes parents do not present the pupil to the teachers in as best a form given one circumstances, they can present the child, and oftentimes the teacher then has to step in in the absence of the teacher. Your remarks on that? You're totally spot on. I often laugh and say, uh, you know, often not only do parents outsource or some parents outsource to to, uh, teachers the full responsibility of parenting, but I've seen them do that with the TV as well, isn't it? You know, the other child minder where you give it over to the TV to do all the work, for you, mm. uh, keeping your children occupied, etc. But that's a tongue-in-cheek statement. I think where, where sure. teachers are concerned, your point is spot on. You know, uh, teachers depend on parents to be the other half of the social contract, you know, to, yes. to be the other half of the parenting mm. relationship, the caregiver relationship. And I think many parents do honor that agreement and contract because deep down many parents care. Uh, on the other hand, we, we also know there are parents out there who certainly just don't do the honorable thing. And, of course, to even have the uh, temerity to actually uh, treat teachers as objects. You know, they assume once they've given uh, a child over to, to the teacher and to the state that the parent mm-hmm. often thinks that's where it ends and uh, becomes entitled and demanding. And I've seen so many teachers being attacked by parents literally and figuratively in a vicious way. Mm, and mm, and mm. I think if, you, if you've ever been in a classroom, you would know that it's not always fun for teachers to face parents at the end of the day. That, that dreaded parents' evening, I think many mm. people out there that have had the parents' <laughs> evening experience will tell you 
there's an mm-hmm. uncomfortable silence often operating at that moment. And often it's a moment either filled with laughter or tension because it's in those moments that one can uh, observe the social contract or whether parents are working with the teacher or sometimes have given over to the teacher, often turning up at parent evenings like that to either work the teacher or going to battle with the teacher. Uh, and and some parents, of course, turn out just being numb and they're just there to represent and they leave. Yeah, so, so it's an important transaction that should be observed and it should be holy. And every parent out there should think carefully about just farming out the parental relationship without the necessary uh, transactional uh, or the honor of being observed in that relationship. Yeah. Absolutely. Mr. Gerald Williamson, clinical psychologist and educator, founder of Shaping the Learner, putting the gauntlet out there for teachers and parents alike. The health and status of the social contract between the parent and the teacher as it pertains to their child, both of whom have a significant impact in that person's development, given the fact that ordinarily that person is under the age of 18. After the break, we continue with Mr. Williamson, as well as the DSG of Satung, Mr. Ngosana Dolopi. After the break, World Teachers Day 2020, your comments and calls most welcome. SAFM, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. On SAFM. World Teachers Day 2020, Mr. Gerald Williamson is on the line, as is Mr. Ngosana Dolopi, the SATU Secretary General, deputizing at least as Secretary General. And I would imagine both of my guests can appreciate this comment about that I'm about to make, but I would like Mr. Dolopi, please, to respond to it. When I was a child, whenever I met an elder within the family, and as I say the story, I think of my grandmother, how old are you? And I would say I'm five or six or seven. And of all things she could have said in response to that, she would then reply by saying, in other words, wow, you're growing old, you're about to become a teacher. And that I think is a proper encapsulation of the high regard with which teachers, certainly by the generations before, were held. A lot has changed since then, has it not, Mr. Dolopi? Good evening, uh, Songe. Thanks uh, for having us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Thank you. you. Thanks for joining. You are correct. Hello? Carry on, please, sir. Yes, no, no. I think uh, you you are correct in the way in which you are inviting and introducing me to the discussion. Uh, you are starting with what is we all should believe that teacher or teaching is the mother of all professions. Everybody should go through a teacher for you to be able to progress and become a better person. As long as you are a journalist today doing well and you are the best today and we attribute your achievement to a teacher. Uh, the psychologist, a good man doing great work. We attribute his good work to a teacher. He or she is what he is because he would have gone through the hands of a teacher. It is because of that that the union want to use this day to really mm-hmm. convey our sincere thanks to all these men and women who are doing such a great job on a daily basis. And we are even saying this thanks should not only be for the 5th of October every year. We should be thanking these teachers on a daily basis. We should be appreciating these teachers and supporting them as a nation 
on a daily basis. We should be supporting them to create a conducive environment to allow them to do their work in a place where there is peace, where there is harmony, such that they should be able to assist our children to realize their real potential. So we we want to thank them. We know that they are working so hard under very, very difficult conditions, Songhez. I'm not Mm -hmm. here to lament, but I will repeat the difficult conditions that teachers find themselves in. Because we can only appreciate and thank them when we do speak about the difficult conditions that they are doing their work on a daily basis. Teachers feel less... Yes, Songhez. No, no, I was about to say, because of course it carries certain assumptions which can be relatively regarded as fact. The lower down the quintiles you go, in other words, your quintile one being the most difficult environment within which to operate, and almost always you know where those quintile ones, twos, and sometimes even three schools are found. And that's when you really get to find the core discrepancy between policy and resource and reality and outcomes. And I think when you start talking about the trying conditions under which teachers operate, it's when one really has to visit a quintile one school and engage with the reality, talk about sanitation, talk about water, talk about timely delivery of materials, talk about good teacher to pupil ratios, talk about distance between schools and homes, the facilities that are open, close quote, not on offer that otherwise could and should be on offered schools for one to really understand the serious, I would even say sacrifice more than a contribution that teachers do make on a daily. Yes, in fact, uh, as I take it further to say that whereas you talk about Quendel 1s up to 5, and that's how we have categorized our schools, I feel like we should just be a blunt to say that in South Africa we have two systems of education rather instead of this quintile system of one, two, three, because it confuses us at times because these children, all of them come from the township. I think we have schools from the townships and the rural schools, and then we have schools from the affluent suburbs. And uh, that is how even the economy of the country is uh, in fact uh, shaped in our country. The children from the township, the children from the rural schools, are the ones who are attending schools at what you just uh, defined now. These are children who attend schools and who are taught by teachers in schools where they have overcrowded classes, up to 80 learners. I mean, a teacher having to engage with 80 learners in a classroom, and you still expect some good results from that thing. When we say that our education is about the learner centered, there is no way in which a teacher will be able to reach out to all those learners in the classroom and educate and assist them to realize their full potential in a class of 80 learners. I mean, just imagine a practical subject like mathematics. How will a teacher be able to teach a practical subject like mathematics in a class of 80 learners? How will you expect good results from a mathematics teacher or physics teacher where there is no laboratory, where there are no resources at the schools? And mostly those kind of schools are the schools that you find uh, in the townships. I mean, what I just had a discussion now with someone, you say that, you know, I've never seen, there's no one in South Africa, maybe it's very few professions where you will have somebody who would have to go and release him or herself using the bush as a bathroom. But it's common cause. I mean, in many of the, our rural schools, in, in, our rural, in, in our provinces, you have a highly qualified teacher, a professional, somebody whose integrity ought to be protected, having to use a bush as a bathroom. 
these are the realities that are facing teachers in South Africa. But we still expect of them to have the necessary confidence and the necessary morale to be able to do the kind of work that they should be doing. Without sure. appreciating these difficult conditions that we are saying, I'm saying we're not lamenting. Of course, we need to do our work. But when we assess our teachers, let us also appreciate the difficult conditions that they find themselves in. So, just look at this year. Teachers hold a thought, Mr. Dolopi. Just hold the thought. Mr. Dolopi, hold the thought, please, because Mr. Williamson, I think he has an important point that has been raised here. The dignity of the teacher that is stripped given one's working conditions. Of course, it becomes that much more pronounced of the stripping of the dignity, not of the teacher in this instance, but the pupil who has to find expression and undergo the most fundamental of training in the same circumstances or in the same sort of barren resources as that teacher. How much of a dignity stripping exercise, so to speak, would it be then on the part of the child in that instance? Well, you know, that's a big question loaded. And uh, I'll, I'll have to just pick up one or two threads in there. may not answer it 100% satisfactorily, but I'll mm-hmm. You know, uh, teaching by its very nature is supposed to be a joyful exercise. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be that person who connects with a young mind and who helps develop that young mind into something beautiful. It's a, it's a sacred and sacrosanct relationship. That's how it's supposed to be. And I guess, you know, uh, without... Uh, I always say to people, I'm past 50 now these days, so I can say some things that I, I couldn't think or say about in the past. But this is what I, I also think that uh, government and unions alike and uh, uh, political parties and private sector and, and many other role players need to consider. You know, in a perfect world, it didn't have to be like this, that teachers uh, are stripped of their dignity uh, because of the conditions that is created by society in stripping their dignity. It's not an automatic process in my experience. In all the 20, 30 years that I've been working with and in education and the hearts and minds of young people and, and, and teachers, etc., I have come to the conclusion that... Uh, Governments of the world, uh, role players that have access, uh, are potentially not delivering. Why do we as a society have to spend, and I'm talking South Africa now, why do we have uh, revolutionary parties, people that proclaim they are the interest of society, the child and the teacher, why do we have people spending billions on guns, spending billions on uh, God knows what, you know, and they not taking care of the dignity of a teacher and a child in the school. You know, that part baffles me. So I'm always drawn in by the political rhetoric of so many of the role players that are party to this constant crazy dance every year where we are lauding who teachers are, but we don't go about improving their lot. Or if we do, we pay lip service. And the next year, we lament again, this is how bad teaching is. It should not be like this. Teachers are our most precious resource in society. I think uh, speaking to Satu as a union and Mr. Dolopi there is that we are on the same page that teachers need to be cherished. I think what baffles my mind is how we constantly put people in places and power that constantly abuse the very people that we are trying to protect, which is the teachers and the children. Maybe that's the part that political parties and 
and other role players need to question them hard on this day like this. They need to question it on this day. Why do we continue to abuse teachers by not giving them proper salaries, by not giving them the proper working conditions, by not giving teachers and children what they need to preserve their dignity? So I I think for me, um, it's a big question you ask, and on another day, uh, you know, on a, over a cup of coffee, me no, and we'll the certainly rest have you back before can, the can cup of coffee. It. We certainly can debate that even before the cup of coffee. We can happily have you back <laughs> because your sentiment is largely shared by a listener. Thank you so much, Mr. Motabi, Digaledi Motabi, saying they are literally the architects of society, shapers of the world, arguably the most valued. Ogs or OGs? I don't know. I don't have my urban dictionary there. I have no idea what OG means. But nonetheless, let's take a call from Anonymous in KZN and in the same province, Scully, after her. Anonymous, good evening. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Welcome. And good evening to your guest as well. You know, I always call the teachers triple five, um, five days a week, five months a year, and five weeks holidays. Right? Uh, so I call them triple But I do sympathize with teachers and uh, because the stress, that they go through with some students, especially when students are not, uh, you know, uh, 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 when students are on bad habits or when students do something, some funny things. So I do sympathize with them because I know some of my tutors have passed on uh, very young because they stress so much. And also they die of a heart problem because they speak so much and they have to double stress uh, would they have something double time faster? So I do sympathize and and I do have empathy for this for the tutors. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Anonymous. In Durban, let's go to Scully. Good evening, Scully. Thanks for calling. Good evening to you, Sengezo. Thanks for taking my call and to your guest. Uh, what an honorable guest you have. Uh, Sengezo, my take is teachers should be paid the highest um, because uh, in every department of life, um, uh, um, you know, uh, teachers, carpenters, bricklayers, uh, doctors, judges, whoever, um, come from teachers, via teachers. And I think they should be well looked after, as your guest said, and, you know, well paid. Uh, and then the rest, because they are in, in, uh, in our schools, especially, uh, some schools, uh, teachers go through very difficult conditions. Uh, they should be looked after. Have a good night for the good topic. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks indeed, Scully. Teachers should be paid the highest. Here, here, I heard you say there, Mr. Dolopi. Do you want to continue on that point? <laughs> yes, to start, to say that I looked at our politicians today uh, issuing statements uh, celebrating this day with teachers. I look at them speaking uh, throughout the day. And I was like saying, but is this not hypocritical? that the very same people who are in charge of our education system, the very same people who should be changing the lives of the teachers for the better, the very same people who should assist us to create this conducive environment for teachers to be able to do their work, are the ones who all of a sudden today create an impression that they love teachers, they appreciate teachers, they support teachers. When they know that they are contributing to a situation whereby our teachers are still teaching in dilapidated structures, much structures in the Eastern Cape, in our rural areas, KZN, and so on and so forth. When they know that they are the ones who are contributing on a daily basis in their decision-making, that many of our schools still don't have sanitation, don't have electricity, and uh, yes. facilities. It's the very mm. same people who are today celebrating, I'm saying, what are they celebrating? 
when they know that they are doing little to deal with the question of overcrowded classes in our schools. The very same people who are celebrating, these ministers and MECs who are celebrating today, I'm saying, where are they on a daily basis when they do their work, when they make the decisions? And they know up to now, six months after teachers should have received their increment in April, they have not given the teachers their increment that is due to them based on a collective agreement that was signed in 2018. Today they come and present us, let's celebrate teachers. What hypo- what? They are hypocritical. Where are they when teachers on a daily basis, like we spoke about stripping their dignity, when teachers can't even afford to buy houses for themselves, many of our teachers are still staying at home. I mean, the, 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 worst, the best thing that any man and woman can do to your children is to provide shelter. Any man and woman who can provide shelter to his or her children can be worth being so, a parent. We are stripped let our move on, Mr. by those who are leaving us because they don't provide us with the necessary salaries to be able to buy houses, to buy, even pay for the salaries and university fees for our mm-hmm. children. So we are saying that let them not be hypocritical. Let them do practical work. No, we've got the, law, we've got the, the hypocritical the angle that you're addressing in relation to teachers. I am extremely pressed for time. I have all of 90 seconds left, and I would like Mr. Williams... Will Mr. Williamson, please, to comment on this. And this is a final question. Community ownership of schools. We saw some five, six years ago when a community in Limbobo province were disenfranchised with their government that went on a rampage of burning schools. At last count, if my memory serves me well, 23 schools because they wanted, and I think it was a clinic. Surely we need to reimagine the relationship as ordinary South Africans we have with the education system, not just the teachers, but the infrastructure that supports and ultimately lends itself to good teaching. Final comment. Final comment. I think the future of our nation lies in the hands of teachers and it lies in the hands of solid education system. They deserve everybody and everybody's support and all the finances we can put in there to make this reality or this vision a reality. Yep. So, teachers, uh, well done for all those that are hanging there. For those that are struggling, our hearts and souls are with you. But thank you for your great service, and we hope tomorrow will be a better day, and we'll try to work and continue to work to make it a better day for you. Absolutely. Thank you then so much to my wonderful guests whose thoughts, thought-provoking as they were, lent for good radio. Mr. Gerald Williamson, clinical psychologist and educator, as well as the founder of Shaping the Learner, as well as the Deputy Secretary General of SATU. That's the South African Democratic Teachers Union, Mr. Ngosana Dolo, before your time. On that note, I might wish to say thank you to Zola Nodumonon Kubela and Mandla Mabete, who at home were my first teachers, and I owe a great deal of gratitude and debt to them for supplementing <coughs> the school. I beg your pardon for that. Greg Hose, it's time for you to tell us who your favorite teacher was before you go and read out the news. Good evening.